0: Steve Jones presents Jonesy's Jukebox.
1: listening to Jonesy's jukebox on KLOS. That was the national mistaken for strangers. Then we had the James gang walk away. And we're here with my guest, Dr. Greer. How are you?
0: I'm doing great, how are you?
1: Thanks for coming in.
0: I'm happy to be here.
1: It was uh, like a, uh, I don't know if anyone's aware of the documentary, Unacknowledged, but that's where i first uh, kind of got in tune with what you were doing like i told you i actually i actually bought it on itunes and then next next week it was free on uh, netflix oh i know i want my money back life's a bitch you know? i know um so when was that that was 2 years ago 2 years ago came, it came out? out yeah
0: Said had pushing uh, 500 million people see it, and we're trying to get the information out that everyone's beginning to see on CNN and New York Times about the Pentagon beginning to release information about these, what they call UFOs, although that's not what they are. Um, and uh, it's, a, it's a really kind of a deep dive into the history of that and why it's been kept secret and what the truth is about this. I've been, I'm a medical doctor, but I got involved with with this in uh, the '90s, and became the briefer for President Clinton and his CIA director. Yeah. So, um,
1: what? What? Whenever you, whenever you uh, talk about space
0: and alien people, automatically goes to whack job. Sure, which is ninety nine point nine percent of it. Absolutely. Ru- right. Yeah. So it's rubbish. Most of it.
1: So, so then you, then you kind of, then you're skeptical with, with you as well, because then Good. you know what I mean, though.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. People should be. I think most of the material out there is, is uh, in, in disinformation that's been put out to discredit the subject. But that's changing now. Yeah. I mean, we have – look, I have over 110 top-secret military people on videotape who have given testimony, documents, photographs, radar tracings, chasing – jet craft chasing these craft and what have you. Um, So it's dispositive at this point, but there are a lot of people, you know, who don't want this information out, and so they will put out nonsensical things to confuse the public. It's called disinformation. And it's how the intelligence community works, and and I've gotten to be very familiar with how they operate. Yeah, and you're still alive.
1: Yes, just. Are you
0: not worried about that?
1: With with all the information
0: that you're telling people publicly that like, you know, Well, at a, at a certain time in this, when I was a young doctor, you know, I don't know if you sit back and think, you know, you're in your mid-30s and you're asked to brief the CIA director and the president on this because the CIA director and the president are being denied access and lied to. I'm from an aerospace family. My, my uncle helped design the lunar module. that, on, you know, We just had the 50th year anniversary of the lunar landing. Yeah. So I knew about these things from when I was 8 or 9 years old. And so I'd started a research project pulling together all the best evidence and uh, people inside the system who are military uh, operatives, intelligence operatives, uh, really credible information. And, you know, I get this FedEx from the CIA director's uh, contact to me. It says, you're going to be the first person to brief the CIA director and the president on this. I thought this is nonsense. I thought it was the biggest bunch of BS I'd ever heard. Yeah. And it turned out it was true. It was true that there is an unacknowledged special access project that is so secret that they routinely lie to the president and members of Congress. And so that's when I realized that we were in big trouble, Yeah, needed to fix this problem. So eventually I left my medical career to to resolve this issue. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, it was dangerous in those days, frankly, because I was obscure and uh, didn't have the systems in place. And yeah. But I don't worry about that now. Yeah, yeah, it's, we've taken care of that problem.
1: So, so um, you got you got another documentary coming out.
0: Yes, it's going to be mind blowing stuff.
1: Yeah, I saw a couple of uh, pictures when you were out in the desert. Yes. On that girl's phone, and mm-hmm. and that, and actually, like I told you before, I actually saw a couple of things when I was up in Northern California. Yes, and I was with a buddy of mine, and we, it was late at night. It was a clear, beautiful, starry night in the middle of nowhere. You no, know, not around a city, and we're just looking out. We're up high, you know, on, on a cliff, and the ocean's down below. And we look out in the horizon, and we see these two things just kind of hover and then just went phew. Now that can't be some, what, I mean, my buddy saw it too, so I know I'm not nuts, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, but it didn't freak me out either. No, no,
0: no reason to be freaked out. You know what I mean? Yeah, well that's, you know, all the movies in Hollywood is like scary, scary. Let's kill hey, you know, You know, wanna know what's scary? Go look in the mirror, what humans are doing to this planet and have done to each other for the last few thousand years. You Know and now we have the ability to destroy all life on earth. Yeah. I, I, my own take on this is that these civilizations, <laughs> you know, think that we we've, we're, we've all, we're off our rockers, right. And uh, we're an existential threat to ourselves and to others, perhaps. So, yeah. uh, I don't think there's any evidence at all that they're anything to worry about in terms of frightened being frightened. Yeah, uh, my team has gone out to uh, set up. A series of technologies to make contact with these civilizations and these objects and this next film if you want to see what we're doing at ce5film.com you'll be able to see sort of the overview of what we're working on we're out here actually in production right now that's why I'm in LA yeah. and it's going to come out in December we're planning a December 16th is if all goes well um, for it to come out and it's really going to be the deep dive into who are these civilizations why are they here and how is the intelligence community positioned this to try to brainwash people that there's some kind of threat from outer space? And it's totally a, it's totally a fraud. Yeah, uh, there, there is no threat. And if it was a threat, I always tell people, look, you've got the ability to go through interstellar distances, and your technologies are hundreds of thousands to millions of years past what we have. If they were hostile, my friend, we would have known it. In 1945, when we detonated the first atomic bomb, it would have been point, set, match, done. So, you know, the truth is, is that I think we're viewed as a civilization that's trying to emerge into a true civilization that's peaceful, but we haven't gotten there. But we're (coughs) starting to bang around out there in space. Yeah. So, you know, here a big red flag goes over Earth. Uh, here, Here are a bunch of primates running around with nuclear weapons and advanced technologies. We're past muskets and cannons now. Uh, And that's why if you look at the evidence we have in the disclosure project, which I founded about 20 years ago, that has all these top secret military witnesses and documents and (coughs) men that were at intercontinental ballistic missile facilities where these E.T. craft came in. They had a huge concern about these weapons we have and those being combined with us going into space. So I think that. They're sort of waiting for us to grow up a bit, aren't they? You know, I mean, it's like we're, 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 we're sort of half a step out of the jungle, but not all the way out yet. I think they got a long way. Well, they may or they may not. I think we're at an, uh, a moment where... Self-destruct, if you ask me. Well, w- we have to make a choice. I mean, we're, we're going to either have to become a, what Mich- Michio Kaku calls a level one civilization, which is peaceful isn't destroying the environment to have a high-tech civilization and is functioning on a long-term basis within that paradigm. But we're not there yet. Now, we could have been there a long time ago.
1: I think we probably started out better than we are now, Uh, humans.
0: Probably. We've devolved, uh, and I think a lot of that is from the demagoguery of people who, you know, when I talk to a lot of artists in in your business, you know, there's a sense, a theme that runs through a lot of music, it was like the WHO, we won't be fooled again. Yeah. But we have been fooled. We were fooled in Vietnam with the Gulf of Tonkin incident, and they fabricated that event so that we would spend hundreds of billions of dollars on a war that was they knew at the outset was not winnable. Yeah. Why? To benefit the military industrial complex. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of manipulation that goes on. You're not gonna see that manipulation on CNN or the Washington Post or New York Times because those entities have people representing the intelligence community in their national security editing suites. So, what we have to figure out is how do we get this information out, since I think the free press has become corrupted, and how do we how do we expose uh, sort of the manipulation that's gone on for seventy years on this? Because this is not a new thing. I mean, you know, people have been seeing these objects for decades. Um, and do, the you big- think, do you think they were around like when um, in the Stone Age? Oh yes, I mean we there are cave drawings from India and France that are five thousand years older, older that show clearly what looks like a modern UFO with these uh, beings outside of them that have been carbon dated to being you know way back before Christ, uh, you know before Plato. So I think that this is not new. I think what's new when we began to have thermonuclear weapons, uh, there was a huge resurgence of 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 these civilizations concern about what we're doing so i always tell people you know we tend to project onto others what our own garbage right so i think what what people are doing by all this fear-mongering stuff they're projecting our own baggage on these other civilizations when in reality i think these other civilizations have gone this way before us have survived the technological point where you you know figure out how to create a a nuclear weapon and have survived that psychologically, spiritually, however we want to look at it, socially. We haven't quite gotten there yet, and that's the big challenge of our time. Can we become a peaceful, global, and interplanetary civilization or not? And and this is is a question to be answered. So we ain't going nowhere with our technology as far as rockets and Oh, rockets are rubbish. Like and everything. Med- medieval,
1: it. really, in the big picture.
0: Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, China, you know, it's like the, the rockets. They had rockets. You know, it went up. And then, uh, you know, I, I talked to a lot of astronauts. Um, you know, Edgar Mitchell, who was on my team for a long time, was the sixth man to walk on the moon. I've talked to a lot of space shuttle astronauts who very much are on my team supporting what we're doing. I said, you guys are risking your life going up on a Roman candle. It blows up periodically and kills everyone. Yeah. When, and I'll give you a date. Your listeners are probably gonna fall out of their chairs right here, you might, don't. I'll pick you up, I'm okay. a doctor, I'll help. If you break your leg, I'll, I'll help you out. Okay, but yeah, and on October 1954 is when, the date we mastered gravity control, what people would call anti-gravity. Highly classified, Lockheed, Skunk Works, uh, my company, the company my uncle was with, the Northrop Grumman, uh, EG&G, there's a whole group of companies that were studying this from the 40s and 50s. So rockets were cool from the 40s when uh, Werner von Braun invented it for Adolf Hitler and he sent yeah. them over to London yeah. uh, to about 1950s. We, did, we haven't needed rockets since then. We haven't needed jets. And here's the big thing. The reason this is all secret is that these objects, you see the, what you saw zipping around the sky like that? Yeah. Those are not using Jet A fuel. Those are not using, you know, Exxon's refineries. They're using a new type of physics that's pulling energy out of the fabric of space-time called the zero-point energy field. We won't get into the physics. Everybody will fall asleep. But the point is we have, in classified projects, figured out how those operate. They don't want it out because it would be the end of oil, gas, coal, nuclear power, surface roads. Yeah. And and utilities, probably, no, I'm just getting started. So So there'd be no roads, everyone would be flying around. Yeah, it'd just be above grade, and and those would be controlled by GPS and altitude, and there'd be no congestion on LA freeways. That is not the Jetsons. Those technologies have been in, in existence since the 50s, but they've been highly classified. So my team has dozens, I now have about 975, top secret people who've worked on those projects who are on my team who want this information out. Now what the news media will report is, oh well, the Pentagon has released this jet fighter uh, tape and radar of it chasing one of these things off the coast of California. That's one of the things in the news recently. They're not gonna tell you that we have devices similar to that that are flying around and that if it was disclosed to the public we had it, it would be goodbye to the entire fossil fuel industry. Yeah. But that mm-hmm. has the petrodollar behind it. Yeah. So it's really a, a macro it's an economic story and a technological story. I tell it's not so much about ETs or aliens, it's more about us. Why are we lying to each other? Well because they're very powerful people. And I'm not talking about the one percent. I'm talking about the point zero 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 one percent. You know, if you've got $100 billion like Jeff Bezos, no one gives a flying whatever. Yeah. You've got to be. Chump change. Yes, chump change. You're dealing with, you know, Rumsfeld, the Secretary of Defense for George W. Bush, the day before 9 11, we have a videotape, and it's in the documentary Unacknowledged, where he says there's $2.3 trillion, with a T dollars missing out of the Department of Defense budget. Unaccounted for right. is how he words it. Where has that been going? Is going into these unacknowledged projects. Yeah. Unacknowledged means so deep black that even the. I mean, I briefed the, the admiral who was the head of intelligence for the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and then later the director of the Defense Intelligence Agency and the CIA director, personally, sitting like this. None of those men had been briefed on these projects, and when they asked about them, were told, You don't have a need to know yeah so that is how dysfunctional and frankly illegal these projects have been and it's exactly you know Eisenhower when he left office said beware the military-industrial complex yeah these will will become a threat to our democracy and our security he wasn't predicting it might happen he was trying to tell people it already damn well had happened you know so that's people need to understand we you know we're in like 60 years into a period where this dysfunction? Uh, I have a home in Washington. I meet with folks all the time. You'd be people would be shocked. I mean, I was shocked, yeah. and it was sort of the end of the world as I knew it. When in 1993, I'm briefing a, dire- a, a sitting director of the CIA, who's virtually in tears on my shoulder, saying. Dr. Greer, they won't tell us anything. We know these are going on. So this is a very dysfunctional situation. I think it's gotta be resolved not by the bureaucrats in DC or or London, but by the people. I think we the people are gonna have to create this mass movement to not only bring the information out, but to bring the technologies out that would save the Earth's environment, reverse climate change, uh, in poverty. This is, you know, to the younger people listening, Everyone's so hopeless. I said, don't be hopeless. Here's the good news. Well, it's it's the good and the bad news. The good news, these technologies already exist. The bad news, the worst bunch of fascist pigs ever are sitting on them and do not want them out. So guess what? You're talking
1: about way above any government. This is a, a well.
0: It, let, let's get clear about this. An unacknowledged special access project has Look, let's, well, let's
1: Let's play some music and we'll come back. Yeah, we'll get into this. Ask that question yeah. again.
0: No, it's a great question.
1: We're here with Dr. Greer. You're listening to Jonesy's Jukebox. We have three things in com- common. You know that? Yeah. We have this, born, born the same year. That's right. we got both called Stephen, and we both both have Ford Raptors. Yeah. Let's play, play space trucking by... Uh, Deep Purple. Take it away. You're listening to Jonesy's Jukebox on KLOS. That was Zola X, Saucers on Sunset. And then we had Deep Purple Space Trucking. We're here with Dr. Greer. How are you? Great. Good. Loving good, it. Good, good, good. You've you've done a, a thousand interviews, right? This oh, yeah. Just like, this is just like... Just going through the motions, basically?
0: No, because, you know, I have a great passion for this because once you've actually realized what kind of planet we could have had yeah. and could have yet versus what's going on, I left my, my, my career as an, an ER doctor because I realized that I could save a few lives at a time in the emergency department, but we're in a global emergency right now. Yeah. We really are. It's maybe not talked about. But, you know, TikTok. we need to fix this problem, and it isn't going to be fixed with solar panels, unfortunately. It's going to be fixed with a, a lot of very advanced science and technology that have been stolen from us. We, the taxpayers, have paid to develop and study this, and then it goes into a black project. Well, this is outrageous, and I was just mentioning. It. That's why Donald Rumsfeld said there's 2.3 trillion dollars unaccounted yeah. for. Well, where is that gone? That's that's our tax money.
1: Well, that was my question when we went before we went and played some some tunes. Is that there's there's a government, and then there's ten layers above that government that's kind of calling the shots.
0: Yeah. Well, yes, so you could say above or subterranean. It's actually the structure of it. I don't want to bore people, but. Everyone knows what top secret is. yeah. And, and you know, there's top secret, special compartmented in information, uh, SCI. And then you have what are called special access projects where it's the compartment. So maybe you have a top secret clearance. You can't get to one SAP, special access project. You can get to another. But then there's a category. And we have a document now from the Admiral I briefed, Admiral Tom Wilson, who is the head of intelligence joint staff, where he admitted that there were these unacknowledged special access project. And unacknowledged means this. Let's say you are my commanding general, and I'm a colonel, but I'm running a USAP, unacknowledged special access project. The instructions of everyone in that USAP are that if you make an inquiry about that project, I'm to turn to you and say, no such project exists, sir. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh. Now. This is not a conspiracy theory, John Carré novel or whatever. This is actually how truly sensitive, compartmented information is handled, but at the level where it's being handled illegally. Yeah. Because here's the thing you know, when I, I, I have briefed and put briefings together for every president since uh, Clinton and met with CIA directors, ministers of defense in your country, uh, Great Britain, uh, Australia, Canada, elsewhere. In every single one of those cases, they knew little or nothing about this. I would come in with top secret documents that were not declassified that I have. The reason I'm not in prison is that those documents have come out of illegal projects and so they can't prosecute me. Mm -hmm. If the underlying project's illegal, they can't prosecute me and I can prove it. This is why I'm not in prison. I should be in federal prison. If I was releasing information that was being run legally in a secret program, just a normal top secret program, I'd be gone. Yeah. But the fact is, and this is what Snowden didn't realize, or the WikiLeaks, Assange didn't realize, you need to expose the projects that are being run illegally and unconstitutionally, and then you're clear. They can't prosecute you for that. So these programs are unconstitutional and illegal. They're so top secret that anyone who is briefed on them are people that they think will go along with the agenda of continuing the secrecy. But if, you, if they think, like you're Lord Hill Norton, who was your minister of defense in Great Britain for years, a five-star admiral, Sea Lord they used to call. Him, I love the name Sea Lord. Yeah. Um, he uh, asked me to come to Britain and brief him, and he says, "Why the hell wouldn't they tell me about this?" I knew I was minister of defense and head of MI6 and all this stuff, and I said, well, "Let me let me ans- answer your question with a question." He said, he thought I was an impertinent yank, which I can be, uh, and, he, and I said, well, "Just just stay with me." I said, what would you have done if you had found out there were operations that were being run illegally with black money, unaccountable to the parliament or the Congress or the prime minister of your country or my president, and that they were engaging in illegal assassinations, keeping technologies away from the public that would solve pollution and poverty around the world? He jumped up out of his chair from his home in Hampshire and he says, I wouldn't have stood for a – God damn minute! In you know, a rage, I said, "Well, sir, that's why they didn't tell you. They had done an analysis of your psychology and your values, and if they thought you were going to be a stand-up guy and do the right thing, they're not going to tell you." Yeah. So there is a selection process for people involved with those projects. I don't know, I mean, the little grunts and stuff, but the senior folks, and they have to be willing to go along with that agenda, part of which is maintaining the status quo of the global energy supply and the petrodollar system, et cetera, and so on. Because if you bring out what a UFO actually is, I mean, let's forget the term. It's, yeah. it's, it's a loaded term. Yeah. It's an alternative energy and propulsion device. Yeah. And they're zipping around, you know, and go 100,000 miles per hour and make a right turn without slowing down. Well, that would kill you if you were a, a, a jet fighter. Your, your brains would come out of your nostrils, yeah. literally, because of the G-forces. They have these technologies, and... The energy that is running this thing, there's no, there's no fuel on board. It's an electronic system pulling energy out of what's called the zero-point energy field. So those technologies applied to run your car and your house and this building would be wonderful. Nobody would have an energy bill. There would be no pollution. Probably in 20 years there would be no poverty on the planet. But the stakeholders in these multi-trillion-dollar industries – would be suck and win. So the way this evolved is that they decided in the 50s to slam this thing into an unacknowledged operation. And that's when Eisenhower, frankly, lost control of it. It was in the 50s that President Eisenhower lost control of these USAPs. What we're trying to do is bring that out. And with it, the science, the technology, the information, and also one bigger thing, and which is what this ce5film.com is about. Your, your next the next big thing. I mean, you know, unacknowledged those of you who've seen it, those were kind of that was a film with training wheels on. Yeah. We're going to take the training wheels off because the deeper knowledge about this is that there are civilizations out there that we have really mismanaged the relationship. Everyone's interested in UFOs. I go, well what about the guys on board? You know, it's like you have a friend coming in a and a brand new uh, Lexus. And you don't give a damn about who's driving it. You're fascinated with the vehicle. What I'm telling people is this, w- what about the occupants? Who are they? Why are they here? Who's managing that early relationship between humans and those civilizations? Well, it's been mucked up beyond belief by covert military operations who have electronic warfare systems that down them. Everyone, yeah. Everyone's heard of Roswell. That actually did happen. But they don't come through interstellar space and can't navigate New Mexico. They were hit with an electronic weapon system. And I have an FBI document that's on their website that proves it. All right. And that's in unacknowledged. And by the way, there's a book called Unacknowledged that goes with the documentary that has five times more information. Get it on Amazon, wherever. But the point I'm making is that there's another whole layer of this, and that is – who are these beings and why are they here? And who's been paying attention to that relationship? Well, no one, because since it's been ridiculed, uh, you know, I had an Air Force major say, look, the way this has really been kept secret is that we put out ridiculous stuff and see that it's on the front page of the National Enquirer, uh, and it just completely taints the subject and makes it a ridiculous thing to ridicule. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. So there was actually, wasn't there free shot down flying saucers?
0: Yes. Well, there have been multiple. I mean, at Fort Huachuca near Tombstone, uh, Arizona, uh, ironically. How'd they, ar- sh-
1: how'd they shoot them down?
0: These are electronic weapon systems. So, that we uh, have. That we have. That we have targeted um, these objects with uh, beginning uh, in the uh, late 40s. And. Uh, Those systems have become more and more efficient. Uh, My briefings with the U.N. Secretary General and these generals at the the Pentagon, the chief subject is there's a covert group doing things that are so reckless that it is creating a threat to the future of humans. And and luckily, these civilizations aren't violent or hostile. Because I can assure you with the documentation and the uh, proof we have, of what's going on. If, if they were, we would have had our butts kicked by now. Uh, you know, we have, if you look at the, the full testimony of, of uh, the Air Force Office of Special Investigations, Agent uh, uh, Doty, who is in unacknowledged, uh, you'll see where he talks about the fact that these, you know, there were three of these that went down near Roswell, two were found. One was not blown to smithereens, the other one was very badly damaged. There was one extraterrestrial biological uh, person that lived that until about 1951 or two and then died in captivity. But several years later in the early 50s they found the third one that had gone northwest and crashed into a remote area of New Mexico. But in Fort Huachuca, there, there's an underground facility there at Army Intelligence Headquarters. That's where it is. It's not in D.C. It's in, out in the desert of Arizona. And uh, I have a man who's worked in that facility. There are nine separate ET craft and uh, deceased bodies that they've autopsied there. So, uh, you know, I have so many folks who've dealt with this directly um, who are coming forward. Uh, we're trying to get them to come forward with name, rank, serial number, and their discharge forms from the military. About ten percent of them are willing to do that. The other ninety percent are scared to death. yeah um do you think do you think
1: these these uh, aliens, if you want to call them that, at some point were humans, but they just evolved into what they are now.
0: Um you know what I mean? Well, I think they're you know uh, certainly they're from other star systems and planets, but they, no doubt, went through an, a process. An evolution, right? An ev- like we have. Yeah. And, you know, the big question is, does a civilization make it past the point where we are, or does it self-destruct? Yeah. And it, to make it past this point, the, the, the paradigm that has to be developed is one that is rooted in how do we all get along? And how do we have a lasting peace? How do we have these amazing technologies and not immediately turn it into a weapon system? Yeah. I mean, these are almost existential spiritual questions, yeah. um, which, which is really what I think the crisis is. I mean, on a, you know, even though I'm a, a scientist, I'd say that the level of consciousness of people on this planet needs to be raised so that we actually – uh, embrace the commonality of, of being a sentient being. So yeah. I tell people, humanisms would have been fine 100 years ago, but now we're dealing with interstellar civilizations, and they're not human. Yeah. So what's the foundation of a relationship? Well, it's the conscious intelligence, that spirit, that light of awareness within us. Yeah. And I know this sounds very metaphysical, but it isn't. It's like we have to find something to anchor ourselves to that's deeper, that we can find common ground with, with each other, Besides our ethnicity and race and sexual orientation all that, that's all beautiful, all that diversity. But we've also got to find some point of coherence and unity, let's call it. And the same thing with these other civilizations. What we haven't done, the military looks at it. You know, if you're wearing pink glasses, everything's rosy. They look at everything as a threat. And they react to everything they can't control as a threat. Which is why in this CE5film.com, this is what we're doing, is we want to get people to be aware you can form a contact team, go out to a remote area, make contact with these civilizations, and start a citizen's ambassador project to them. Basically, where we, the people, bypass the government. Now, when I first started doing this in 1990, by 1992, we had four ET craft that popped into the sky. And one of them was photographed and was on the front page of the Pensacola paper. Within a few days, I had the head of Army Intelligence and a bunch of goons come to me and say, what the hell do you think you're doing? So I will tell you what we've done with the unacknowledged and the disclosure project is 1% of the story. The bigger part of the story and the thing that's really powerful is when millions of people start saying, forget the government. We're going to go directly to this ourselves, figure out how to do this and just bypass the entire nonsense that goes on in, in these classified projects.
1: Do you video these things?
0: Oh, yes. We have amazing video. You've
1: got some good stuff now. Better than stuff that was was unacknowledged, right? Yeah,
0: much more. And in this next documentary, you're actually going to see it's a beautiful thing that happened. If we have time before the next break, I'll, I'll share this really cool story. We were up here in, on a mountain in Arizona uh, a couple years ago. And uh, uh, this guy that you met, uh, David Marconi, who wrote Enemy of the State with Will Smith, was with us, and we were doing our protocols, our contact protocols. We have all kinds of technology there, but also other more controversial things we do with military remote viewing. But we're using it for peaceful purposes. We're Remote viewing is using consciousness to see distant places yeah. and get into this. It's a deep end of the, the CIA spy trade, but we're using it for peaceful contact. So we're there. All of a sudden, we see this red thing come in between right next, almost next to me and between, and this elderly gentleman who was deaf, had hearing aids, he could barely hear anything. And it in the, in the photograph that David took, yeah. it's this five, six-foot tall E.T., that's in the photograph, standing next to this man. And that man had his hearing completely reversed to normal hearing the next morning. And he was crying like a baby, this is a man in his late 60s. And he was going, I can hear for the first time since I was a child. And it was a beautiful thing. And I tell people, these civilizations are so advanced in consciousness and technology. And they're really very compassionate. But what I think people need to do instead of just surfing the internet, which is filled of mostly drivel yeah, on this subject, yeah. or, or Hollywood movies, you know, go out under the stars with a certain correct purpose. You know, you're doing this for a good intention um, and uh, and see what happens. You might be very surprised. Like you had your this sighting up in Northern California. But imagine something like that coming in much closer. Yeah. And then one of the beings just sort of, kind of I hate to use the word teleport, but it sounds like a Star Trek movie, but that's what we're dealing with, mm-hmm. very advanced technology. Teleport, bang, right into the center of your circle or beside somebody. That's what's starting to happen. So I think the, the, the big story here that people don't get is that, yes, all this UFO stuff is starting to come out in mainstream media and from the Pentagon. What they don't know is this other aspect of it. And, and I think the more exciting part of it is What happens when millions of people decide to become a sort of uh, a peaceful army uh, of folks making contact with these civilizations? Because that's what they want us to do since the government is so broken. So I always tell people who they say, who's going to fix this problem? I said, you are you Steve Jones and this guy and the engineer and all of us, all of us together going to fix this problem because if if you're going to wait for the president of the United States to fix this, we'll be sitting around for another 200 years. Yeah.
1: Um okay, uh what was I going to say? When you go out there next time, take me with you. My back's been killing me.
0: We will. Sort my back. You in. would love it. We'd love it. you you would you would absolutely love it. it's I would, a beautiful I would, experience actually. I would love to see it. Yeah, we do it three or four times a year. We may do another one in uh, Joshua Tree National Park in October, so. And,
1: and a lot of it is through meditation
0: well involves meditation we're getting, we're getting, we're getting to we'll, that we'll in get into that it's the cool stuff you know again think about it how, how does a civilization communicate uh, uh, instantaneously across a million light years of space yeah it ain't going to be with your iphone yeah is that going to be a radio frequency like this yeah. station's using we'll talk it, about that when we come it, back really yeah. cool stuff
1: we're here with uh dr greer you listen to jones's jukebox we're going to visit the duke see you in a minute You're listening to Jonesy's Jukebox, and KLOS, that was the Carpenters, calling occupants of interplanetary craft, or if you're American, craft. And we're here with uh, Dr. Greer, and uh, I have a question for you. When we was talking about the, 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 the UFOs that got shot down mm. by some electronic thing, how comes
0: if they were so advanced they didn't get out the way? A really good question. The answer is that people tend to assume that because it's very advanced that they're uh, infallible. Yeah. Like gods. Not true. I mean, we look how advanced we are from, say, uh, cavemen. And we still have jet aircraft that crash. We still have, uh, uh, you know, space shuttles that blow up. Um, so... The fact of the matter is yes, they're very, very advanced, but people shouldn't make any assumptions about how advanced some of our classified warfare systems are. Mm-hmm. They're way beyond anything being reported in the mainstream media. So those sort of technologies, and I won't bore you with the physics of what's called a scalar or longitudinal uh, electromagnetic weapon, but they are very advanced and those can be used to track and target one of these objects. Now, the, the kill rate, I hate to use that term, is not very high, but it happens. And so it's happened enough that it's of some great concern. And the purpose behind it was because the, well, in, in, in the Roswell case, that was the only atomic bomb squadron in the world at the time. And so we had these things coming in who were surveilling our most top secret sensitive facility and they also wanted to figure out how these things operated so they came up with this electronic warfare system and turned it on it was it was piggybacked onto a radar system Mm -hmm. so as soon as they picked up these objects on radar they hit them and i think it surprised these visitors and they were disabled and crashed so uh i know you know we have a uh document that describes that that we released and the fbi ended up putting it on their Website. It's been the most looked at document on the FBI official website um, that describes what happened. But and we have many people who have come forward who were around at that time. some have passed away now, but they're in our our disclosure project archives. Um, and all actually a lot of that testimony is on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash s disclosure S-I- as in uh, Steve yeah. s <laughs> disclosure, um, and that's. Uh, I think there's something like six dozen of these top-secret military people's testimony up there. Um, so I'd encourage people to get on there and look at them. You know, I said, don't take my word for it. You know, I've never worked for the government, but I'm working with hundreds of, of men and women who have, and I'm trying to get the ones who are courageous enough to come forward to give their testimony, their documents, their evidence, whatever they're holding. And that's what we're doing.
1: When you said document. Can't you just have a piece of paper and say, this is a document with,
0: yeah, so with that's writing why, on it? Yes, which is why you want to know the provenance of that document. For for example, I was talking about the Marilyn Monroe document yeah. with you. Yeah. Um, and those of you who are younger people, there was an actress named Marilyn Monroe. I think you know? everyone knows who that is. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm a doctor. You're funny. So you,
1: you asked me the other day, have you heard of the Beatles?
0: Yeah. I'm like, well, so I I I mentioned- mean, you're
1: the bleeding alien.
0: Well, no, I mean, because you know, I talk to people all the time. You know, there was a guy who graduated from a prestigious university recently, and I was talking to I said, well, my, my country home in Virginia is near Thomas Jefferson's home. He says, who's Thomas Jefferson? Yeah. I said, well, you, uh, so I don't assume anything yeah, anymore, right? Beatles, you know? Thomas well, I mean, they they know you know the, the the bra size for Kim Kardashian, but they don't know who Thomas Jefferson. Is I with. don't know any of that stuff. All right, we'll keep that classified. Anyway, <laughs> no. but but uh, Marilyn Monroe. Okay, so you know, I, I'm one of the I'm a man that's on my team whose family was connected to the founding of the National Security Agency, this huge uh, electronic eavesdropping entity you know, outside DC at Fort Meade. <laughs> He came to me and he said, look, you know, I have a document that we got from the vault that's not declassified. And it was a wiretap of James Jesus Angleton III, the guy who back in the early 60s was trying to keep all this secret and stopping leaks. Uh, and it was a wiretap of Marilyn Monroe calling up Bobby Kennedy and her friend Rothberg, who was an art dealer, saying she was gonna hold a press conference to tell the world what jack kennedy during pillow talk had told her about these objects from outer space that we retrieved in new mexico in the 40s and about all this this stuff and it's signed by you know it's a top secret document it's been authenticated by a man who used to be right hand to the director of the national security agency so we know the provenance of it it has the correct code numbers and it was basically a death warrant because uh burl ives who had been on my team on my board, Um, he said, yeah, we all knew that Marilyn had been killed. We didn't know who did it or why. I said, well, here's the document. So one of my jobs is to try to get this kind of evidence, have it vetted through experts. Uh, I mean, this man that did this vetting of this document has done that for CBS 60 Minutes and others uh, since he's left the National Security Agency. So we know that that's a legitimate document. Uh, But what I'm saying is that the, the information that comes out you do have to be skeptical of. Yeah. And you know, otherwise, you know, I mean I have been burned. Um, there are people try to pass off rubbish and, you know, we, we try to we try to do a deep dive on it to the extent we can. Now we're you know, we're a public interest group with nominal phone. we don't even have an office. Everyone yeah, thinks yeah. they see all this stuff we're doing. I say, Yes, yeah, my wife and me in a little part of our living room. Yeah and volunteers around the world. Yeah. I mean, that's how we've done all this. And so it's- That's you know, how you're the, doing
1: the, the new- The, the new, new Yeah, and we're
0: crowdfunding it. Yeah. I mean, you know, people say, well, how do you create these documentaries? I said, well, there's a lot of sweat equity, uh, but we have donors and they range from $5 to $100,000 and um, who are helping us and, and um, it's a labor of love, really. You know, it's just a labor of love. So all this, all this nonsense about going to Mars,
1: Mm-hmm. Is that, <laughs> with rockets yeah right but, yeah, but, yeah exactly but but regardless even if you had the technology mm-hmm. is there anything in Mars that we can what we gonna do there
0: well actually there's a quite a bit to discover you know one one of the things that came out in the 90s were in, in late 80s but we had um, some images digital images coming back from Mars that had been digitally pixeled out of these objects on Mars what
1: living, living things
0: or very old structures? So we know there were very old structures on Mars and mm. on the Moon. For example, when we were mapping the Moon prior to our landing, yeah, a man named Carl Wolf and his testimony is at our YouTube site, youtube.com/s disclosure. Yeah, Carl was in a National Security Agency facility. Uh, at Langley Air Force Base, not Langley CIA headquarters, but yeah. Langley Air Force Base, and he was seeing these images, these big mosaic, early digital pictures, and there are these huge structures that were in the area of the moon between the area where, when we look at it, when it's a full moon, yeah. between where it'd be sort of light and dark, uh, but just sort of, sort of past, just past the side that's always you know that's facing us, yeah, um, but these images were some were newer structures some were very very ancient same thing on mars you know buzz aldrin the second man to walk on the moon has even said we need to go back to that phobos the moon around mars because there's an obelisk there it looks like you know an egyptian obelisk that was photographed and he has admitted that that is a legitimate artificial structure so it appears that there has been intelligent life that has been in and around the earth and maybe Mars uh, although currently the Mars atmosphere would not support life but the head of Int- army intelligence told me that underneath the surface of Mars there's an operational extraterrestrial facility
1: interesting yeah what, what do you what's your thoughts on uh, on NASA do you think they're
0: legit well it's a Truman show yeah. um, you know the with Jim Carrey the Truman Show you know is we call it a uh, stage craft yeah. you know you know you act look busy, Jesus is coming. You know, there's all this stuff going on and we're doing this right. space show with rockets. You know, meanwhile, there, there are classified projects that have things where we haven't needed a rocket for decades. But honestly, most of the men and women in NASA are very good people. Yeah, And they're victims. I, I was talking to an astronaut, a yeah. shuttle astronaut about this down here in Orange County. And he said, yeah, I mean, we can only do things that we have knowledge of So what Elon Musk is doing, he's doing what he can do with what he's allowed to do it with, which is a rocket. But people shouldn't conflate that with that being the state of the art of the science and technology, it isn't. So the same thing with NASA. There is, however, an unacknowledged special access component of NASA that knows this, but they are hermetically sealed from the other guys that are the conventional rocket scientists. Or my uncle, my uncle wasn't read into all this stuff when he was working on designing the lunar module, the thing that landed on the moon with Neil Armstrong on it. Yeah. So what I've discovered is that almost all of these agencies have some compartmented, unacknowledged project dealing with this, and they, however, keep the other people in the dark about it. Yeah,
1: got it. Um, We're going to play Life on Mars by David Bowie. Beautiful. Have you ever heard of David Bowie?
0: Oh, yes, I have. Okay, good.
1: Jonesy's Jukebox OS. You're listening to Jonesy's Jukebox on KLOS. That was uh, Life on Mars, David Bowie. And we're here with my guest, Dr. Greer. And uh, interesting info you're you're giving us. What was I going to say? There was something I was going to say and I forgot. We've got five minutes before we go and visit the commercials. The Duke. (sighs) Uh, The Big Daddies. We were talking about NASA, mm-hmm. and you're saying they only could do it, everything is
0: everything that happens basically in this world is run by a few. Well, relatively, I mean, in terms of policy decisions, there are you know thousands of people working these unacknowledged projects and in different corporations. Um, but is know, someone making the decisions? Sure, of course. I mean, there's a committee. It's called Majic. Ironically, magic. Uh, the Majority Intelligence Committee. I have a document from the 90s from the National Reconnaissance Office which runs all the super-secret spy satellites that uh, it has not been declassified, but we have published it. It's in our book, Unacknowledged, and uh, it talks about the, the various groups and compartments. Uh, the other thing to realize is that part of the action is in these USAPs and government, but the bigger action is in the contractors, Lockheed Martin Skunk Works, for example, uh, Northrop Grumman, SAIC, Booz Allen Hamilton, Snowden worked for them, uh, EG&G, BAE Systems. These all have compartmented projects that contract on the science and technology and other aspects of this. And, And a large number of the people I'm working with are actually corporate people who are under contract to these unacknowledged projects. Um, and if you go, uh, if you look at the Lockheed Skunk Works, interesting, well, back up for many years, the director of the, the Skunk Works that came out with the U-2 spy plane, sorry, Bono, the U-2 is actually a plane. Uh, Foo Fighters, Foo actually, that's, uh, those are UFOs from World War II. is why the Foo Fighter was called. But what's interesting is that he'd uh, been rich before he died. He wrote some letters to a man whose widow gave them to us where Ben Rich's signature, and this is the head of the super-secret Lockheed Skunk Works that develops all the secret aerospace technologies for the U.S. government. And he writes in this letter that someone said, are these UFOs that people are seeing ours or extraterrestrial? And he writes in his own penmanship signed, and it's been proven it's him. They are ours, that we have things that people see that they think are UFOs that are anti-grav, uh, the thing's zipping around out near Area 51 or, you know, uh, Dugway Proving Grounds yeah. in Utah, wherever, or Edwards Air Force Base. And there are others that are extraterrestrial. Yeah. So when people see things, they have to understand there are two options. Yeah. Column A is a classified human
1: So they're doing human it to, to debunk. They're well, no, I debunk. mean,
0: but they don't want people—they'd rather people think everything is alien yeah. Because they don't want the yeah, public yeah. to know that we have this stuff. Yeah. Because you think Watergate was a scandal? Yeah. The idea that technologies have existed since the time you and I were born. Yeah. All right. 1955. Yeah. I Don't remind me. My ninth grandkids. on You're, the three, way.
1: you're three months older than yeah.
0: me. Yeah, I know. I'm your big bro, huh? So what happened is that those technologies being hidden, is a big part of why they will allow that people to think that something is a quote ufo when they know damn good and well it's one of ours yeah um the uh,
1: one the one in arizona remember the, the long oh, lights? The phoenix
0: lights they call it yeah is yeah that,
1: was that a real uh, yes I, I was there when that
0: happened and that actually was a ce5 close encounter of the fifth kind which is when humans initiate the contact because it was the month before we were doing the closed briefing for members of Congress from my group. Yeah. And we wanted to get the best evidence. We were at a digital lab putting together all the best photos and videos that we could find all over the world. And actually a BBC picture editor who was volunteering for me flew in from London to help us. So we did this protocol to ask the ETs to do something that would be unmistakable and that night was right. the Phoenix lights in in 1997 and of course you know tens of thousands of people saw it yeah and it was filmed and we got to put it in these briefing materials for members of Congress yeah Interesting. Know, that's, a, that's that's the story behind that we're gonna
1: visit the Duke when we come back I want to talk to you about um, 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 abductions ah okay Jonesy's jukebox Cal OS with my guest dr. Stephen Greer <laughs> listening to Jonesy's jukebox and KLOS, that was Roxy Music, Would You Believe, from their first album. Beautiful. And we're here with my guest, Dr. Greer. Did the uh, documentary, Unacknowledged, and he's got a new one coming out called...
0: Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. Yeah,
1: beautiful. Should be done around December. Yes, sir. Now i going to have a big uh, premiere for it.
0: Yeah, here in L.A.
1: Which I'm going to go to you're gonna tell me to yes um, so my thing is you know you hear all these stories you know because I, I love watching all this all this kind of stuff about abductions mm-hmm. and it's always the same story they came and took me and they put things in me body and um, <laughs> and I've never been the same
0: since mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what what's your what's your views <laughs> on that well we know what's happening with that I mean there are people who've had contact with these. Uh, civilizations uh, that are legitimate. A lot of the stories that seem very frightening is a counterintelligence operation where uh, they have staged these abductions. And Even
1: the abductee has been in, in, in on it?
0: No. No, the abductee is a victim of a crime and this actually should be litigated. We're talking to a big constitutional law group about litigating this. Uh, the Air Force intelligence officer that's in unacknowledged admitted that that was a covert program where they would abduct people and that that was still going on and very secret. Now people say, why, what the heck is behind that? Remember, they want to control the narrative. You know, Werner von Braun, who invented the uh, rocket for Adolf Hitler yeah. and then became central to our space program yeah. and to the Apollo mission, yeah. he uh, said on his deathbed that there was a long-term agenda to hoax totally hoax an alien threat and that eventually they would try to unite the world kind of like the movie Independence Day around an alien threat but he said it's all a lie there is no threat from outer space we're the problem Um, but in order to get people kind of brainwashed so that we can have another war because let's face it these are people who like endless 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 war and the money that goes with it the warmongers the war profiteers you have to have an enemy well how do you create an enemy it's like the blood libel that uh, that was created uh, Adolf Hitler and his crowd uh, about Jews yeah. because you have to create a, a way of characterizing your enemy so that has been a 60 year long intensive counterintelligence disinformation program and I know personally. Uh, men that have been on those abduction squads, what the technologies are they use, what they call stagecraft, um, same thing with the cattle mutilations. We know who's doing it and how they're doing it. The problem is the public, both through Hollywood movies and the Internet and what have you, they're, they don't know that. There are these kernels of gold, a truth about this subject, but the, the intelligence community dumps a mountain of fool's gold on top of it so you can't find the, the, the golden morsel. So we are tr- I'm trying to do the best as I can is to elucidate what part of this is fictional and contrived and counterintelligence that's designed to scare the hell out of everyone and what part of it is real. What I've concluded is that the actual interstellar, et civilizations are very advanced both socially spiritually and technologically because they all have to go together you blow yourself up like we're about to the things that people are seeing that they assume are alien uh, are in fact uh, counterintelligence operations designed to scare people to death and they don't have to do that very often to get a buzz created a zeitgeist going And so when you talk about being skeptical, when I first entered into this research, I just assumed those things were legit too. And then I started meeting people who were in these unacknowledged projects who were actually abducting things and uh, people and creating uh, these mutilation events with cattle and horses and other uh, animals. And it was 100% human. And I went, what in the world? I had a guy at the agency tell me, he said, You know, the truth is much more bizarre uh, than the fiction everyone's believing. Yeah, And if you tell people the truth, they won't believe it because they've been brainwashed to believe the fiction. So it's very Orwellian. It's an upside-down world on this subject, and that's how it's intended to be. Because the long-term objective—I have a document from 1953 from the director of the CIA at that time, uh, Walter Bedell Smith, and General Smith— in this document says that the UFO matter has great value for its psychological warfare utility. And there was an appendix attached to that document that's never been released, but it involved doing this sort of thing.
1: So let's just make it, uh, they want to abduct me, Mm -hmm.
0: right?
1: What, is there like a a spaceship outside my house made of cardboard?
0: (laughs) No. No, it can be done through an electronic system. And uh, what
1: the, you think you're doing this Yes, stuff. it's
0: sort of an electronic holographic system. Yeah, There are actual events that have happened where they've used man-made uh, anti-gravity craft that looked like a UFO. It would fool anyone that it was an alien ship. It's not. It's made at Lockheed Skunk Works and, and uh, Northrop and EG&G and what have you. Uh, and then they'll have uh, creatures on board that is, are sort of robotic that look like an alien. Yeah. These are called PLFs, program life forms. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in the old days, in the 60s, I met a guy who was <laughs> – this sounds – this is no offense to little people, but he was a little person. But he was in Special Forces and they did the Hollywood stagecraft to make him look like an alien. Yeah. And he would be on one of these objects and go in and do these things and throw a chemical canister. People would pass out. No, this is weird. You can make a movie about that. It's 100 percent true. But it was all staged. And he said, yeah, well, they were using me. <laughs> he was only like four feet tall or like three and a half feet tall. Yeah. Um, so we so, assume aliens are small people. Which is false. There are some civilizations that are 10, 12 feet tall. Big ones. There are some that are very, very small. It, it, they've concluded that in our galaxy alone, the Milky Way, which is one of, of trillions of galaxies, yeah. there's at least uh, 30 million or more planets like Earth. You know, it, it's it, it, infinitesimally small chance that there's not intelligent life all through our galaxy and other galaxies. What we're dealing with are civilizations, however, they've gone advanced enough to go through interstellar distances. And to do that, you've got to go, quote, beyond the speed of light. And to do that, you have to be able to master the plasticity, the flexibility of space-time, yeah. and the very advanced sciences and technologies, which which is what they're using, and to communicate I mean, let's, let's take this for a minute. This is really a cool mental exercise. Let's say you're from the Andromeda galaxy, which is the closest galaxy to our Milky Way. That's two and a half million light years. That's the distance that it it, it takes a, a light at 186,000 miles every second. So 186,000 miles a second for two and a half million years and you'd get to Andromeda. Yeah. That's the speed of your cell phone signal, right. light. Well, for, to, to call home, E.T. phone home, and say, hi, how you doing? And for them to answer back, great, how are you today? That just took five million bloody years. Yeah, Speed of light's too slow. So what we began to discover is that they're using technologies that are electronic, very advanced trans-dimensional electronics, electronics that cross into the realm of consciousness and coherent thought so you think to your cell phone or you think to your console it transmits instantaneously five million light years away that's what we're dealing with yeah. that and this is really the deep end what we're going to do in this next documentary is to go through the physics of consciousness of thought of trans dimensional beyond the speed of light because what's interesting is most of what's in, exists in the cosmos is resonating at frequencies beyond the speed of light or matter or electrons. That's most of the cosmos. Yeah. And we're just completely been blind to it. Yeah. These civilizations are actually, by studying how they're coming and going and communicating, it's opening our eyes to it. And the biggest secret in the CIA, I'll tell you this, is not the UFO and ET stuff, it's the science of consciousness. It's how mind and thought can interface with matter. This sort of stuff. It sounds very science fictiony, but it isn't. I mean, it's a legitimate area of, of scientific study. Yeah, yeah. Although it's been, of course, you know, classified heavily. Yeah.
1: Um, do you think there's a, Do you think there's underneath the ocean aliens?
0: Yes, we know that there are facilities that, uh, for example, I have a Coast Guard top secret guy who was called in on a mutual assist. To retrieve an ET craft over the Marianas Trench in the deepest part of the, the Earth's the ocean um, off of Guam uh, in 2002. And uh, they actually retrieved, it was about a 25 foot diameter. Uh, Et craft that they retrieved and, and then brought back to Guam and it was subsequently moved off of Guam to a research facility and um, this man is preparing to come forward with all of those details uh, he was a, uh, only one of eight people on that ship that had a top secret clearance everybody else was taken below deck the windows were blacked out but he was uh, aboard uh, with with the, the captain of the ship yeah. the commander his his exo um, and he his executive officer, and and they retrieved this and brought it back, and it was so heavy, even though it wasn't that big. You know, this was a, a Coast Guard buoy ship, and they had these big cranes on them, and they would take buoys, 18,000-pound buoys, out of the ocean to service them and put them back, and when they picked this thing up, the ship tilted 45 degrees. It almost capsized yeah. if this thing was so heavy. Um, but uh, it was interstellar, and uh, it was if there's been many reports uh, from that deep part of the ocean Of these ET craft going in and out and then going out in the space Um, but this was one that apparently they were able to um, target with an electronic weapon system and it was disabled and it was subsequently retrieved do do
1: you think um, um, they have anything aliens they do do you think they we have anything they need
0: no Uh, well yes let me say this what they need is our cooperation and peace and to evolve to the point where we can be welcomed into an interstellar relationship. Yeah. That's what we've been trying to do. Um, obviously we've gone very much off the rails in the last 50 60 years since you and I emerged on this planet, you know, we've gone from you know in World War 2, okay, we had, you know, early rockets and bombs to the first atomic weapon. And uh, now, you know, 70-some years later, in classified projects, they have weaponized technologies that are very classified that are orders of magnitude more dangerous than a hydrogen bomb. Yeah. And unfortunately, the worst psychopaths and sociopaths on the planet are in possession of those technologies. This should give everyone pause. I can tell you that when I briefed the head of the Defense Intelligence Agency, which is like the CIA for the Pentagon, General Patrick Hughes, well, the first thing he asked me in the first ten minutes, he says, "Doctor Gurr, we don't know why you haven't killed yourself yet." It was hilarious, tragic. I said, "No, no, no. I, I can handle this. I mean, like I'm an emergency doctor. I've seen horrible things." But he said, "You know, I have made inquiries into this, and they won't tell me anything." And I said, "Yes, and you're very vulnerable to one of these false flag hoaxed events." Yeah, and what they eventually would like to do is to hoax a. Uh, alien threat. If you look at what CNN, New York Times, Washington Post is reporting right now, there are these little trickles coming out of the Pentagon. But in that trickle is this stream of fear where they say it's a threat to the national security. They're violating our sovereignty. All this sort of jingoistic, fear mongering, war chest thumping nonsense. And unfortunately, a lot of the senior flag officers. Uh, meaning generals, admirals, at, at the Pentagon that I've met with, they're not in control of those projects, and they're vulnerable because they don't know. Yeah. So my group has sort of been an alternative briefing uh, entity for them for, for 25, 30 years, um, and now I'm trying to do that for the public. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, what are we doing? We're going to play a song. Awesome. You ever, you ever heard of Hawkwind? No. There was um. okay, it's too long to explain – I don't want to waste any valuable time. Great band. This is a great song called Silver Machine. We're here with Dr. Greer. And uh, you're listening to Jonesy's Jukebox. Take it away. You're listening to Jonesy's Jukebox. K L O S that was Hawkin. Silver Machine. We're hearing my guest, Dr. Greer. And the question I have for you, Mr. Greer, is what what does average Joe give a hoot about a different technology when he's got his wife, he's got to work, he's got to pay for this, that and the other. What would you say to them people?
0: I'd say the reason you're still spending thousands of dollars a year to fill up your car and heat your house and have air conditioning is because these USAPs have kept from the public the technologies that would fix that problem and you would never have an energy bill again. There'd be no pollution. And the work week will drop to 10 to 15 hours a week for all laborers, and we will have a civilization that can then focus on creativity and the development of higher states of consciousness and happiness. So it means everything to the average person, more than they can imagine. And and yet I always liken this to uh, uh, sort of the time of – slavery where we were so sort of all slaves on someone's plantation the american plantation is a little richer than the one in the congo but the way the economic system is uh, configured and technology is configured is to keep these sciences and technologies away so that people are dependent on a centralized energy and economic system when we change that and these sciences and technologies and we have a true free market reform we don't have a free market we have a managed market if these sciences and technologies that are behind how ufos operate comes out you know as rem said it's the end of the world as we know it but i feel fine it's a whole new civilization it's a new civilization it's beautiful
1: well listen thanks for coming by thank you that was really great informative hopefully some people uh, got 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 it, and didn't look at it on a negative light. I love all that stuff. I love all this all this stuff. Uh, people think I'm a whack job because I like that. That's that's the that's the thing that bothers me about more than anything else. As soon as you start thinking that there are aliens and that everyone looks at Lee, you know, like you're a nut job, but I don't I don't believe so.
0: That's just for social programming. Yeah. We're going to get past that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay, we're going to knock it on the head. Gary Moore's up next. It's his birthday. And uh, I'll see you tomorrow at 12 Bells. See you later.